in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Top Ten. Here I am, John Roca. And I am Matt Nost. Uh, welcome into the show. It's another week of talking movies with the two of us. We're looking yeah. to do it. Uh, how are you? What's wrong with your face, man? It's all red. Are you all right? Have you been blowing your nose, like the edges of your nose or anything? Are you oh, still I literally just blew my nose like two oh, okay. seconds right as the intro was going, but uh, right. it could just be the lighting situation okay. or... Uh, who knows? Or Just maybe I've gotten sure. back on the sauce. I don't no, know. I mean the COVID stuff. I was making sure you were all right. No, I've got a nagging cough. I got bronchitis oh. after COVID. Oh, good. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It's like the weakest case of bronchitis I've ever had, thankfully, but I still have a nagging cough. Ooh. Uh, it only comes up though when I lay down at night. Oh, weird. At this point. Yeah. Okay. So I hack up a lung every night. Some nights it's only five minutes. Other nights I've had to get up and like come back downstairs and get on my laptop for a while and then go back. And there was one oh. night I did it three times just because I'd lay back down. I'd start hacking like wow. crazy. Wow. And then, uh, but same time, um, had I not had the vaccine, I'm pretty sure I would have ended up, uh, yeah. intubated or something in the hospital. So Oof, don't say that. Yikes. Well, I just, it did this number and my body already had somewhat of a built up immunity to it. Right, right, right. So yeah. thank God I had the vaccine. Um, at least that's, that's my understanding. I don't know if there's any factual, uh, proof of that. And I don't know if there's any way to prove it, but seems yeah. reasonable to me. Yeah. Would have had to do the show from the hospital. I don't know how that would have gone. I don't know. How that uh, yeah, I don't, I, I'm pretty sure the show takes a hiatus at that point. <laughs> Matt, which one is number five for you? Not even. I'm pretty sure I'm going to skip on making a list for a while if I have a fucking, I'm on a ventilator. That's fair. That's fair. I've been yeah. deathly afraid to catch this thing because of that. We've talked about it. So I'm, I'm glad you at least, you know, it sucks that there's lingering shit, but it didn't get worse. So that's, a, that's a positive because there are other people who have like, have it worse because of the lingering or because of the conditions and whatever the yeah. and stuff that they had. Yeah. yeah. Still haven't gotten their sense of smell back or yeah. taste or, and that's even on the mild because, you know, quite a few people have passed away. Yeah. True. Very true. Uh, Very so true. I am thankful that it is what it is. And, uh, you know what? I will move forward. No big deal. <laughs> well, uh, we've got Dale Varley Jr. joining us. Alex Russell joining us through. Thank you so much for y'all to hang, for y'all to join us live. For those of you listening later, this is what we do for people who are $10 and above patrons. Every second and fourth Thursday of a month, we go live with the top 10. So you get the topic ahead of time. You get to hear us have our banter live. Sometimes if your comments are funny enough or, or, or they're relevant to what we're talking about, we'll bring them up on screen. So you get a little recognition that way as well. So if you're not a $10 above patron, I hope this mo, we hope this motivates you to join and be a part of our crew here, 12 p.m. PT every second and fourth Thursday of the month. And if there's a better time that a lot of you want to kind of 
maybe throw out there. Maybe Matt and I might be open to it depending on our schedules. Uh, maybe put it in the Facebook group and see what, if there's some votes there for a certain time and that you all would be willing to commit to it because y'all have been really great when Matt built those uh, separate uh, Facebook group uh, rooms with the different cities. You all were really great at committing to coming to the shows in those cities. So uh, maybe you all can commit to some times that we'll get a bit more of you to join us live. We shall see for sure. Um, Matt, hell of a weekend of football. What do you want to say? What a, what a weekend. First off, I don't know if you noticed, but I just changed my name since you're Roca Fed. I went with Mando Nose. <laughs> so that's, I'm sorry. This is from yesterday. Oh, no, no, it's fine. All right. It's fine. All right. My bad. My bad. Mando Nose. I like it. Uh, <laughs> Washington, uh, I, I guess we probably shouldn't get into a book of, uh, Boba. Oh, yeah. Because it got, just came out. Yeah. 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 And we do have three people that may or may not have seen it. Thus right. far watching and there could end up being more. So I don't want to spoil anything for it. Uh, my favorite episode of the season. I'll just say that. Ironically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. I think they made a, other than I think they made a colossal misjudgment on putting an episode like this because it has completely backfired on them. Uh, because of how people have felt about the season as it's gone along, an episode like this immediately reignites the controversy that had kind of been bubbling down and kind of quieted down over the last few uh, weeks and now is just full blazing fire on social media. Uh, yeah. Everybody taking sides, everybody coming after each other about, uh, about you know, there's hopefully they, they did it, too bad that it's already been shot. I was going to say you could take. Yeah lessons from but what are you gonna do uh you have two seasons of shows to take lessons from yeah. in the approach so i don't know if this one episode would have taught them any more than those other episodes from the other seasons yeah, it was yeah it's just all the little things it's just like see mm -hmm. see what you do with this one you should probably be doing more of that with that one yeah uh yeah but anyway neither That's, here nor there it's not the actor's fault i want to make sure that <laughs> no i don't i don't think so at all i think it's the behind the scenes people determining yeah. what is going to be happening yeah, yeah not the individuals on the show themselves exactly exactly uh, some yeah the story choices and aesthetic choices that are just questionable in For my sure. opinion uh, <laughs> yes true star wars fans fighting online um yeah what a weekend of football my man did you watch all the games uh, the was your reaction best weekend of football is the best divisional round hands down i can't think of another one that even remotely compares yeah all four games were excellent. And then you get into that last one. You're like, look, this was the heavyweight fight. I hope it's as good as we're all anticipating. And it was even better. Yeah. I mean, 13 seconds. I got a few fans, a few buddies of mine that are diehard Chiefs fans. And I texted one of them. And I was like, that should have been on the tombstone of this season for you guys. 13 seconds. <laughs> and it's not. I mean. Just watching it after he made that first pass, it was like, he's going to do this. Watch yeah. this. Watch this. And then the next pass, he'd be like, they fucking did it. Mm -hmm. After even uh, Butker missed two kicks, which he doesn't do. Right, right. And the whole time I'm watching this, like, man, that four points would just make a dramatic change in all of this. Yeah. Uh, but then totally. Allen to get the two-pointer, to take the three-point lead, and then it just they come back, back down. I do, I do think the overtime rules could be tweaked, just like everybody was bitching about. Uh, when it comes to playoff time, I just don't know what you do. Oh, so you want to change it just for the playoffs? Yeah, just for the playoffs. That might be fair. That might be fair. 
I, I bristle at any changes. I like the idea of sudden death. If you're, if the defense is good enough, they'll stop you. This is the game. And it's always been the game. And I mean, if you get a two minute drive to score a touchdown or field goal to win the game, that's essentially an overtime situation. So why is that okay in a regular time situation, but an overtime somehow it's not okay? I'm always confused by this. And I, I think it comes from a people who want to see more of the game. Yeah. But you're going to exhaust these players. Like, if, yeah, exactly. It's you know, just going to increase chance of injury. And yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. Uh, cause I it's mean, the second, uh, Mahomes gets injured in overtime because he got a second chance or a second drive and it doesn't really, even if they win, they go into an AFC championship with like Chad Henney at their quarterback. No one's going to want to watch that. So just like it's, it's, it's detrimental to the NFL in my opinion. It could be. I think the more detrimental thing would be adding a game into the season, thereby extending it and making it, you know, increasing the chances because now they're not doing training camp. So the first month, the five weeks of the season sucks as guys get into game shape. Yeah. Uh, basically everybody just turns into Shaq in his prime and be like, you don't pay me in the off season. Be like, they kind of do, man. They (laughs) They kind of do. Yeah. That's the, your, your argument has logical flaws in it, but whatever. Uh, I could see you saying that if you're an NBA player in the sixties and seventies, you had had to sell insurance. insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're a butcher or some shit. Shaq, you're getting paid millions. And just because the money doesn't arrive when it's the off season, because you get paid during the season, doesn't mean they're not still paying you to stay in shape. Yeah. It's a year round (laughs) vocation at this point. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, great, great games. A lot of surprises. Uh, Rogers, uh, I don't know. I got a feeling he's going to stick around in Green Bay and so I hope he doesn't. Please, Rogers, you should leave. If you want to listen, you should leave. I'd love to see the Packers just wallow in shit like the rest of us for a while. <laughs> so happy they lost. Oh, God, who is going to win? Yeah. So I, I think everybody in the world was happy. Just about everybody. Well, I don't give a shit about his vaccine status. I wasn't yeah. rooting against him for that. I was rooting against him because he's got a green and yellow jersey on. That's fair. That's fair. And, uh, I'd like to see them lose. That is, you know, purely a, I'm sick of you guys kicking the shit out of us year in, year out. Uh, so it'd be nice if you guys sucked for a while. Welcome to, you know, the rest of us. He's a choking dog, man. I mean, nine and eight in the playoffs. Twice now is a number one seed blowing it at home. Um, his home record in the playoffs is not that great. And he's got one Super Bowl victory. He's actually tied with Marv. So. We were talking about this on game time yesterday. Is he the most overrated? Is he overrated now? Can you officially call him? I know Fernandez used to say this all the time, and I thought he was crazy when we were at Collider and we would talk about it. I don't know. I'm sure you heard him say it, and it just kind of blew me away that you think Rodgers is overrated. And I'll be goddamned if maybe he was right because (laughs) he feels like now a great regular season. He's essentially Peyton Manning without that second Super Bowl. And to me, that kind of, I don't know. I don't know how to assess him now overall as a quarterback. Cause the playoffs is where it matters, man. The playoffs are where it matters. This is, so who was having this discussion? A lot of people have. Well, I'm saying on, on game time. Oh, we were, it was me, Winston and uh, Ben Goddard talking about it. Okay. So yeah. who are Winston and Ben's teams? Uh, Winston, they're both Cowboys fans. Okay. Yeah. So if the Packers called, Tomorrow to your team, my team, or Dallas and said, Hey, what, what would you give us for Rogers? All three of us, all but, three of our teams would be like, wait. What, what would you like? <laughs> what would you like? Situation. How many hand jobs does this, <laughs> do you need to make this happen? 
We all would. That's he's not overrated. Yeah, but only because our regular seasons have sucked. So he would give us a shot to get in the playoffs. But if he choked out again in the playoffs, then at some point you would have to be like, well, what's the point? You know what I'm saying? Kirk Cousins was a goddamn good regular season quarterback. Couldn't get us into the playoffs to save his life. Well, that means uh, he's not so, a good regular season quarterback if he can't get you into the playoffs. Uh, uh fair. I'm just saying, is he serviceable? He's better than the average Bears quarterback. I'm not. Uh, true. Denigrating the man, but, uh. He's more than serviceable. I think he's a little more than serviceable, but he's just snake bit. Snake bit in a lot of ways. I don't like him as a quarterback overall, but I know, cause I think he chokes in big games, except for that one playoff victory. Was it last year or two years ago? But like, I don't know. I, you know, I'm sure you would take Kirk Cousins in a heartbeat over anything you've got, don't you nope. think? You wouldn't take him over Justin Fields? Nope. Wow. Okay. Well, cause Justin Fields has, upside that you're selling yourself on. Kirk Cousins, you know exactly what you're getting. It's true. You do. And I'd rather take upside at this point because I've had enough of the I know exactly what I'm getting quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to lie to myself for a little while. (laughs) (laughs) It's the God's honest truth. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Let's believe in the youth. You know, uh, Josh Allen looked terrible his rookie year, and now he is one of the premier quarterbacks in the league. So, yeah. I could tell myself on that hope. You look at that AFC, dude. You got what? Mahomes, Josh Allen now. You got Burrow. A Joe, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, uh, yeah. Lamar Jackson. These are names you're going to be listening. To, you're going to be hearing as this thing goes along. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I don't know what the Titans do. They got to get themselves someone besides Tannehill as well. I mean, Tannehill gets them in the playoffs, but again, can't get the job done. I think he might be done with the Titans. <sighs> Maybe, man. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. It's gonna did be you, crazy. uh, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you talked about it too. Did you see that Moon Knight trip? <clears throat> Excuse me, trailer. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah. The one that dropped last week. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, was it last week? I literally just saw it on Twitter like two days ago. Really? Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was on the trending section, like Moon Knight Trail. I think it was like two days ago, three days ago. Yeah, they dropped it during the, um, Rams, uh, Cardinals playoff game. They dropped wow. it all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I like don't know it. why it was trending so late then on Twitter. Who knows? People start to have conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I mean, do, I didn't know come out trends every few days. So, you know, you just never know. With Twitter. I was surprised. Everyone's again, Twitter will like the Fresh Prince trailer actually looked kind of good. Yeah. I know. Bel Air looks good. I was shocked. Uh, there's been a few of those lately. I'm just like, all right, Twitter, keep uh, suggesting these. You've (laughs) done well. Moon Knight looked interesting. I don't know a damn thing about the character. Oh, you've never read any of the comic books from Moon Knight? No. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's a bunch of really good ones, man. I'm, I'm a huge moon. I got, I mean, I got Moon Knight sitting right up on the shelf. I got a bunch of those that I, I always go and buy them at the, on Sundays at Comic-Con, just go and stack either New Avengers or Moon Knight or Hellblazer. Those are the ones I look for because usually a lot of the sellers can't get rid of those books because there's not a lot of big fans for them. So they drop the prices. And so on Sundays I go and just kind of scoop up a bunch of shit, like five bucks a book and have, and enjoy reading the stories and stuff. So yeah. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I've been, for whatever reason, I don't know why, but YouTube suggested this channel called, uh, I think it's called Comic Tropes. Mm-hmm. And the guy just breaks down different tropes of uh, various writers and artists and oh, stuff wow. like that within comic books. It's it's pretty interesting. I've watched probably 15 of them, 20 of them at this point. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just about different artists over the years and whatnot. And then uh, from that, then YouTube 
suggested all these other things. I've watched so many different comic book things over the past like two weeks. Uh, Are you getting back into it? Are you slow? No, no, not in the slightest. I just find it interesting in this uh, entire culture that doesn't exist for me anymore. Right. Um, but you know, obviously carries on and with the advent of all the superhero movies has had a hell of a resurgence. Yeah. I was actually looking up, uh, it's funny you mentioned that I was uh, looking up my dark Knight returns, like what I could get for it. Like I was just like, cause I've got first run of all four of the, uh, issues. Um, and I just randomly was looking and, and the prices have gone back up and I think that can't be a coincidence when you look at the NFT stuff and you look at the, um, the sports cards industry coming back now huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Malice was telling me the other day he sent a stack of his stuff to get appraised by somebody oh. to see how much you could get for it. So I'm surprised at how this has all come back now when it was like basically dead a few years ago. Yeah. Now it's come back with a force with a vengeance, man. Yeah. I looked through, I, I don't have most of mine anymore. I've got, mm-hmm. I got a box my mom gave me like five years ago. Of Cards or comic she, books? Uh, it's all, it's, it's a random assortment yeah. of, there's no comic books in it, but there's a bunch of different, uh, basketball cards. And then oh, yeah. what she, what I don't have anymore, I don't know where it is. She may still have it. She may have thrown it away. I had all the garbage pail kids. Oh yeah. Holy and those shit. are worth a mint at this point. And I, I, ha- I didn't have complete, but First and second runs, I had almost all of them. Wow. And the most valuable ones, I know I had like numerous of the one with the guy with the exploding, the kid with the exploding mm. head. Yeah, right. Yeah. That That's is. the most expensive one is like, pff, I had like 50 of those fucking things. <laughs> but I searched through the basketball card. So apparently it turns out there's a, oh God, I can describe it, but I can't remember who the manufacturer is, but there's a Mark Jackson from the Knicks okay. with the Menendez twins sitting courtside and you can see them in the shot. What? And I have the year previous and the year after, I don't have that Mark Jackson. How much is that one for? Now I'm curious. Uh, I, I, a decent amount. It's not like it's crazy. Right, right, right. But it's still, it's like the Mark Jackson cards aren't worth this much on their own. Of course. Cause yeah, that. the Menendez twins are in the background. I don't have it. I looked through. I've got, uh, the first uh, complete series of, uh, Skybox, and that's worth a decent amount <laughs> in pristine condition. So this one, this 1990 Hoops team night, Mark Jackson with the Menendez brothers, Gem Mint is, uh, right now on eBay on sale for $6,000. Good God almighty. Yeah. Well, you can ask whatever you want. If you, right, I suppose you're right. You can ask. If you click the sold listings, you can actually see what the going rate for. Right. 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 Any of those things are, but yeah, it's Mark Jackson's cards don't go for that kind of money. Because <laughs> it's Mark Jackson. Yeah. Well, you know, he didn't have quite the storied career, right? To justify. Not only here go that card. Um. Wow. I didn't even know there was a card with the Menendez brothers. <laughs> That's crazy. Yikes. I yeah, I didn't know until it was wow. like a year or two ago. And I heard yes. about it and I was like, oh, I think I might have that card. That would be worth a lot of credits. <laughs> Nice, Drew. Nice. Um, yeah, anything else you want to want to touch on? Anything else entertainment-wise before we jump into the show? Um, I mean, nothing I can think of specifically. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, uh, we're we're counting down today on the show the top ten movies 
that have to do or top 10 movies about the moon. Basically, two top 10 movies. The moon has to be a part of the movie, not a title necessarily, yeah. but certainly yeah. a part of the movie. And that's what we're doing. This, and there was a lot of, um, some, a lot of interesting choices here, man. It was, you could have easily done one that was all documentaries about. I didn't know there were that many documentaries until I started doing some research and watching some stuff for this list. So fascinating, uh, thing. Why do you think we're still fascinated by the moon? And we're doing this in honor of Moonfall, the new Roland Emmerich film that's coming out. I'm getting a screening of it. I think I'm seeing it Monday or Tuesday night. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. But, Are uh, you really? That, yeah. That, oh, yeah. I love these stupid little ones that roll in there. Oh, God. It looks just beyond terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm happy that the guy from Game of Thrones is getting some work. Oh, um, yeah. Samwise uh, Tarly. Yeah. Or Sam yeah. Tarly. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it's, you know, good for you. Um, but, God, that looks so terrible. <laughs> it does I do not envy the fact that you have to uh, watch that one. Wow. Like, I guess you I'm don't gonna, have to, but it'd be good for the channel because it's good there for might the be interest. Yeah. yeah. And I got, and Jackass Forever is the next night and then Death on the Nile on Thursday night. So I'll get to watch a few of those, which I'm looking That looks, I, I'm intrigued by that one. Mm -hmm. As am I. As am I. So, I mean, there's a reason that Christie is what the second best selling author of all time. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the number one selling author of all time. Yeah. It's like her and Han or her and Shakespeare. It's one and two or in That's some good. capacity. Good. It's great company. Um, yeah, another Poirot classic. Yeah. To the screen. By it Kenneth looks like they toned his uh, mustache down this time around, Matt. <laughs> yeah, it still looks ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I, it's like a, the equivalent of the, was it Olivier? I think it was Olivier where he starts with the shoes and he builds up from, <laughs> from the character from there. You figure out how, you know, walk a mile in the shoes type of thing. And Kenneth Brown, might be, I start with the mustache <laughs> and I work out from there. Uh, but at the same time, I think it really works for the world that you kind of have to create for a story like that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's audacious in that way. Sure. That's one way to put it. <laughs> That's <laughs> that's a, a judicious uh, choice of words, as if you're going to meet Brana at the fucking screen. <laughs> uh, bold choice, bold. Kenneth, the mustache. Let's talk about <laughs> genius or incredible genius. Talk to me. <laughs> Otherworldly? Where do you fit? Where do you fall? Where, yeah, exactly. In the thought process. Brilliant or genius? <laughs> what, what do you think it is? Uh, <laughs> he's great. He's always, he always has good humor about it. <laughs> he's great. <laughs> I like him. He's, I think he's, uh, he's a good, he's a great actor and, uh, oh yeah, a better yeah. director than I think most people give him credit for. Oh yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, dude, who is clamoring for a fucking theatrical mystery film? Nobody. Right? Nobody was clamoring for that, yet people went to see it. Now we'll see how Death on the Nile does. You know, it's very curious to see how that does. I love people who were like, oh, nobody went to see West Side Story because it's old material. I'm like, Murder on the Orient Express was like, from, from the fucking, how old is that? That's older than West Side Story, for God's sake. So, just funny stuff. Yeah, um, I would assume... uh Early 1900s? Yeah, 
I think when did so. Agatha Christie write those? Maybe. Let's see. I don't know. 1920s is what I have in my head. Okay. Beth on the Nile book. What's the date on this? 1937. 1937. 1937. That was off by 17 years. If I go with 1920, I could say 29. She wrote it right before the crash. That's the best I could do. So I'm only off by eight years. Just a bit outside. Just a bit outside. Yeah. Um, she did start writing in the 1920s though. So shout out to you for getting that part of it right. Well, yeah, but I mean, she wrote how many books? It's kind of bananas. The number of books that she wrote. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Murder on the Orient Express was 1934. Um, and there's Death in the Clouds, which people have talked about. Death on the Nile, which is 1937. Um, and then there were none, which is 1939, which I've, I've uh, watched a version of that. Yeah, she kept writing into her. Jesus, she had a, a book published in 1976. That was probably her last one. Well, that could have been a – I don't know when she passed, but that could be a posthumous. Oh, maybe. Uh Last case was written in the 1940s. So, it, but it was released in 1976. Yeah, when did she die? She died. The, you, you come for the gag, the Christie content here. Uh, she died in 1976. So she died oh, wow. in 1976. So, okay. One more story before I go. Thank you. That's my imitation. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> I did that without a mustache. Um, I anyway. said, I- you should uh, give Brana that impression. Hey, what do you think of this? I've been working on my Agatha Christie. <laughs> I think they'll love it. Genius or brilliant? Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Which you, you think it's mustache or just growing in the mustache? Where <laughs> on the pantheon level? Ugh. Well, I didn't think about this because, well, I mean, what we just talked about, I wonder if Death on the Nile is before Murder on the Nile. So maybe you're right. Maybe this is like the beginnings of the mustache. It could be really fun. Well, you said it was 1934. The other one was, uh, the yeah. previous was 1937. Right. So you're saying Poirot was growing out the mustache, becoming full on. Maybe. Maybe. Perhaps that was his motivation. Who knows? I think it's fascinating because Army Hammer's all over this movie. So I, I'm so curious to see how people. Have we? I haven't heard a thing since he recused himself from the world. Probably on purpose. I'm glad you haven't heard a thing. I mean, well, yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying as far as update on any kind of allegations, uh, potential case, I haven't heard. Uh, I don't search any of that stuff out, but usually a case like that, especially with the yeah. the details, yeah. you would have uh, uh, heard. It would have percolated up. Yeah, no. I think everyone's kind of chilling out about it because they don't want to get into any kind of situation. And I think his people are like, just shut up and go away for a while. People are going to forget if you can go away for a while. So, yeah, that's what I think. Um, anyway, let's jump into the show here, man. Our top 10 films about the moon brought to you by uh, Moonfall. <laughs> brought to you by Moonfall. And yeah. Um, so thankfully we didn't have to go with moon in the title because I don't know that there are 10, to be honest, yeah. for me. No, no, no. I don't think there are 10 either. Um, um but somebody's had some moon stuff. Yeah, no, they all have relevance to the moon itself. The moon plays a part in right all the movies we've chosen. And uh yeah. I have two lists. Oh, two. Well, what's that all about? 
the it was a difference of if you approach it as the moon or a moon. Oh Lord. But I did not do the A moon. It's a the moon. Just what happens when you sit around. You got too much time on your hands. It's not really. It's just like, a, oh yeah, if we go a moon, well, this would count and this would count and this would count. So I added those two. Okay. I just threw those on, squeezed out some others. Boom. Second list. It's pretty simple. Uh, and I was only thinking about it for like a couple minutes. Um, oh, okay. Well, some of them are obvious. If you go a moon. Yeah. Return of the Jedi. Sure, sure. Well, the forest moon of Endor. It's yes, a moon. Good point. Good point. Uh, Europa Report was the another one that I oh, thought yeah. of. Nice. That's an old school one. Nice. I don't. No, I think that's past like ten years. That's what I'm saying. It's old school. <laughs> you, think yeah, yeah. you think it's wait Europa Report? Hold on. Yeah, it's like within the past ten oh, years. Oh, 2013. Oh, all right. Okay. Uh, all right. And then. Uh, what is it? Uh, Outland, the Outland, Outlander, the Sean Connery, just for shits oh, and giggles. Yeah. Which is the remake of High Noon in Space. Yes. Just oh, to, cause to, to talk about it and why not. And so I threw it on that list, but that was yeah. the extent of which I thought about it. Jupiter's sunless third moon. <laughs> yeah. It's on like IO, isn't it? I'm Sean Connery. I'm on a moon, but we didn't say we do. I, I was like, I'm pretty sure we went with the moon. Our moon. Yes, so would. our moon needed to be, uh, have some sort of feature in the movie itself. Sure, 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 sure. So that's yeah. what we did. Sounds good. Um, all right. Well, how does the show work, my man? Uh, we set a topic, go our separate ways, create individual top 10. Let's show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one piece. Once we have revealed our personal top 10 list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. All right. So at uh, my 10 spot, yes, this is probably a punt. Okay. Which is Superman 2. Uh, yes, a slight punt. A slight okay. punt. Yeah, a slight yeah. punt. All right. Yeah. I, I thought I thought it might be like uh 5ish. So, no, no. No, no. Slight punt. Mm, Go sounds ahead. like sounds like 7ish is what it sounds like. <laughs> Perhaps, Maybe. I don't know. It's slight punt we said. Uh, my number nine is uh, Despicable Me. Oh, nice! I have not seen those, so knock yourself out. Go ahead. Uh, it's I think the, I haven't seen the latest one just because I'm. Yeah, I ended up seeing Minions with like niece and uh, oh, nice. nephew or something, and it oh, it's terrible. It is beyond terrible. So it kind of soured me on, and then the Despicable Me three, I think, is the last one, and I didn't see yeah, it. I, so, yeah. I was like, ah, I'm good with all this. Um, but the first one, I mean, the, the moon comes into play because, you know, Gru is the, the Steve Carell character is a super villain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's another super villain that steals the great pyramid. Yeah. So Gru wants to, you know, upstage him and he wants to steal the moon and he gets a shrink ray and he steals the moon. Um, so that's where the moon comes into play on this. Right. But the art direction is really interesting. I like the character design on that. But the the uh, uh, connection between Gru and he has three girls that he adopts right. is really fantastic. And the girls that do the voice acting are amazing. Right. Um, 
and they they have a genuine bond that you gravitate towards and i think that's what really sells you on the movie yeah like the aesthetic appeal of it uh is interesting and unique and i like it for that fact but the the heart of the story is what really draws you in i think that's what makes it worthwhile and something yeah. that you could recommend uh whereas the second one is is all right and right. then minions is trash and i haven't seen the third so i don't know if it's any good Fair uh, at all but uh I would recommend it for that. But then he steals the moon. He's a, a true supervillain. Totally works. You're messing with the wave patterns. You're messing with Earth gravitational force when you steal the moon. So you yeah. ever seen that, uh, uh, the rock sketch on SNL where they have a supervillain, uh, contest to see who's the biggest supervillain in the world? <laughs> no, I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, that. it's, it's good. Just look it up. Yeah? It's worth oh. your time. Super villain, The Rock. All right, done and done. Yeah, that's. I won't spoil it for you. It's it's good. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, what's I, I since I haven't seen it, I can't contribute to this conversation. What's that's your fine. Eight? What's your number eight? Uh, my number eight is Ad Astra. Oh, I haven't seen this one, so I didn't put it on my list. Uh, is it a moon or is it going to Mars? I thought it was going to Mars, or is that wrong? No, they end up going to. Is it Neptune ultimately? Okay. Okay. But they, uh, they go to a space station on the moon. Okay, fair. All right. And I will tell you this much. Uh, well, I don't want to ruin it for you. The part on the moon is my favorite part. Okay. Uh, it's trippy. The more deeper they get out in the space. Is that the issue? No, no, no. I, I, it, okay. it's an exploration of a father and son. Okay. Ultimately. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. But when he's on the moon, they bring an element into something. I was like, you know what? If we have a moon base and all that, these other peripheral things would exist. And they Good bring point. something that I hadn't thought of like right. that into the mix. And it made for an exceptionally cool scene. Okay. And uh, I walked out of it going, now that's okay. Like I, I like that idea of bringing that into I don't want to ruin it for you. I think the movie overall is okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I really thoroughly enjoyed that those those scenes when he's on the moon itself. It's a small part of the film because he right. is venturing out into deeper and deeper space, trying to get his father back. Right, right. Um, well, the, the the trailer I saw with them racing their cars on the moon. Okay, yeah. So they're basically the, the moon? is that the moon stuff? It's basically their moon pirates in essence. <laughs> It's okay. someone coming. It's like a, a convoy being cut off by, you know, raiders. Uh huh. Uh huh. And there's this battle between the two of them. And you just start to think about it. You're like, okay, if we do have bases on the moon, then they're more than likely, like if it is a way station in space, yeah. then there are going to be criminal elements up Can there. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that is very interesting. Yeah. I had never thought about that fact of, of course, we would have crime. Mm -hmm. on the moon once there's enough people on the moon yeah uh and for that fact and uh it was my favorite set of scenes in the movie okay. itself that and i think maybe the very opening there's a space elevator um <laughs> what's well, a i like that space elevator well the space elevator is a term for it but it's a superstructure that spans from the earth to orbit oh okay and it just it stays like it's tethered to the ground right right, right, right. and the, you call it a space elevator but uh you know 
I'm, I, there are elevator aspects of, but, uh, you know, yeah. uh, but within that, it's a, it's something that I've read about and how we would go about do it and the different ideas as to what the structure would have to consist of because it's a potential if we want to do long-term space travel. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to continuously send shuttle up after shuttle up after shuttle up. Right, right. So if we had something like this where well, we don't have to expend all that fuel and we can get things up with much less energy up into low orbit. That makes um, sense. Yeah, so to see that idea realized in a film, I've never, I don't think, have ever seen it before. Yeah. And uh, watching it, I was like, oh, okay, space elevator. That's what they went with. Yeah. And then uh, there's a cool little action sequence that happens on it. Okay. Cool. All right. So well, that was eight. my eight. Yeah. Oh. So the my number 10 is uh, Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. Uh, that is a punt. Oh, nice. All right. <laughs> Uh, Transformers 3 is my number nine, Dark of the Moon. I can't imagine it's on your list. No, I like movies, you know? Oh, oh! I, uh... Oh, okay. I like walking out with the same IQ level that I had going in. Maybe even having having learned something. It can't be true. Uh, anyway, this... I love the way they start this, uh, this, um, film off with, uh, this, you know, in the middle of the Autobots and Decepticons going at each other a cybertronian spacecraft lands on the moon um with uh with this technology and then uh they nasa sends up apollo 11 that was the real reason we sent apollo 11 to the moon was to try to find out and get this technology and then of course it kind of goes all horribly wrong and even buzz aldrin has a cameo in the movie, but that's pretty much the extent of the moon in the movie, but it qualifies for me. It does. The moon being in the title as well. Um, but yeah, this is one of the ones that I liked. I hated that second one. So when the third one happened, I was like, okay, let's see what happens here. And I enjoyed it. I liked it for what it is. Um, I like when they fuck with American history and stuff like that and mess around mm-hmm. with it. So, uh, using it in this way, I thought was really funny. And, uh, but then it was pretty brutal. What happens to those astronauts once they realize what they've discovered? Is that the Leonard Nimoy one? Yes. Yes. Okay. Where he comes down. Yeah. yeah that he's a good villain. Yeah. That one's, yeah, that one's fine. Yeah. Yeah. As far as the transfer, it's fine. That's the best I can say about it. I do like the idea that our motivation to go to the moon would be to get technology. Makes so much sense. It does. Right. That is, there's a lot of truth, uh, in something like that. We would spend yeah. so many resources, time, man hours, et cetera. Yeah. For something like that to gain an advantage over everybody else down here. <laughs> uh, yes, that seems very plausible. Yeah. But yeah. there was no chance that that movie was ever going to make my list. So. <laughs> That's fair. That's I, fair. Uh, I haven't seen it in a long, long time. And I remember those scenes and then the scenes in Chicago when they're setting up the pillars or whatever oh, yeah. they are. That's right. That's right. Right. Yeah. That's all I remember from that movie. I couldn't tell you what else happens in it. Um, sure Shia okay. LaBeouf says no, 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 about five times. <laughs> it was a trope he had for a while, man. It was so annoying. It's weird that he morphed into an actor who I thoroughly enjoy. How dare you, man? How dare you? Are you kidding me? Go back and watch those early Transformers. No, 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 no. Okay, man. Uh, I was fine with it in the first movie, but it's a natural reaction to things. Why are you coming? Why are you coming from a man? The booth. Why are you coming from the booth? Look, once again, the fact that he is morphed into an actor who I, I think is, he challenges you. Okay. He is interesting. He yes. always, he always tries to bring something to the table. 
Yes, he does. Yeah, he does. He's, you know, he's put out a tremendous amount of interesting work over the past, you know, five years or so. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. No, 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 no. Oh, it's so annoying. <laughs> Once you see it, you can't unsee it. <laughs> I have to tell you, I've never thought of it. <laughs> oh, dude, go watch that, those. Uh, what was it Eagle Eye? Was that his oh. rear window? Uh, uh, no, rear window was Disturbia. Disturbia, that's what it oh, was. Yeah, hold on. I, I want to see if there's. What I? How do you spell L A B E A? L E B. No. E O U F. There's a whole video of all the times he's done it. The no, 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 dude. It's so once you see it, you can't unsee it. B and H customer store. This can't be. Okay, oh, oh, sorry about that. I forgot. My new mixer plays audio. Through. Oh, that's all right. Let's all hear it. Let's no, all hear it. Wants to get a strike on the video. So, uh, but that is funny. That is funny. I didn't even think about the fact that he would be uh doing that. So hilarious. Yeah. No, 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 no. He does it. It's. So much. And now I don't know that I ever see it. It's like he got the note. He saw that there was a highlight reel. No, 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 no. no. It's playing again. Just no, 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 no. You're so right. Fuck it. I can play six seconds, so I can get away with it for six seconds. What's six that? seconds? That's the copyright rule? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I'm going to get this. Cause I've got sound effects on the new mixer. So it could be fun thing to add to the show a little bit. So like, you know, Matt's, oh, good take, Matt. Oh, hey, thanks. <laughs> thanks. We're a morning zoo. Perfect. <laughs> you got we, are we are not a morning zoo. <laughs> Jackie, the joke man over here. What do you got? He was <laughs> dropping some, uh, fucking, what stinger you got? Jackie Martin. <laughs> I haven't heard about him in a long time. Oh, you know what? I was watching a documentary the other day, and Gary Della. Oh, the Mets one on Thirty for Thirty. Woo! Oh yeah, that uh, dude. That is cousin Sal's EP of. Yeah. Oh my God, that was such a great documentary. Four episodes on the '86 Mets. Phenomenal. Having Gary Della Bade show up as some kind of talking head about the Mets, I was really shocked by that. Very, very shocked by that. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's you know. He's changed. I mean, for Christ's sakes, Stuttering John ended up being the announcer on The Tonight Show for a while. Yeah, I remember that. That's right. Yeah. And I never listened to Howard Stern. Oh, really? And I know who oh. these characters are. Yeah, I never. Uh, yeah. So, and I still knew who the hell they were. But then when, when I saw Stuttering John on The Tonight Show, because I'd seen private parts and right. they had that E! show. Oh, yeah. That's uh, right. Yeah, that's that's where I learned about Howard Stern. I didn't listen. Right. He wasn't on the radio where I lived. Mm, okay. Yeah, in DC, he was, him and, uh, was it him and Imus? Imus? Yeah, definitely all over DC, uh, all the time. And then when he went to Sirius XM, I started to listen to him all the time as well. Now I rarely listen to him just cause I'm not really listening to a lot of that kind of stuff nowadays. So yeah, but I would, I did for a long time for sure. I, I've got one friend that's been a diehard Stern listener for two decades minimum. Wow. Well, Minimum, because I've known him for almost two decades. Right, 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 right. And he's listened all this time. And now when you talk to him, he still listens, but he's like, yeah. it's, it's not, it sucks. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. like, I still listen, but it's like, man, I don't, he used to get up and tape it, uh, so that he could listen to it during his day. Oh, but wow. He'd wake up, set an alarm. So he keeps, somehow was getting the East Coast feed. Right. And he lived in San Diego. He told me about it at the time. And he's like, yeah, I tape it. And then I just listen to it on repeat during the day. Yeah. yeah. And then do the same thing with the next day's episode. And you're like, oh my God, man. 
It's like I, I realize liking a guy, but listen to it all day long. Hey, don't knock it, man. Don't knock it. I, I guess, but he is a friend of mine, you know. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. My number eight is a documentary for all mankind. I don't know if that's on your list. Uh, it is not. I limited to one doc. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. This one, um, from director Al Reiner, who was a journalist and he got, he just was got interested. He, the way this all came about is he just got interested in the space program and started doing some research on it. And all of a sudden created a documentary about it. And he had like millions of hours of footage that he broke down. Uh, to create this thing. If you haven't seen it, it's pretty fantastic. It's available as a Criterion collection as well, but it's one of my favorite things. And he ended up being a, a what, a co-writer, I think, for Apollo 13. So mm. um, certainly having tentacles uh, in his abilities. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was just experiencing like what it was like to uh, come up with the mission to the moon, all the stuff that happened on the way there, and then when they landed on the moon. So it's pretty fantastic documentary if you guys haven't seen it um uh apparently there's 80 hours of interviews with nasa astronauts and everything like that so there's a lot of information in here that i think people would really enjoy um and it's different like there's another documentary on my list that i thoroughly loved as well but this one this one's a nice kind of like giving you a base understanding of what was happening with a little bit of guidance from uh, the voiceover and from the scenes you're watching in the movie. So yeah. And then Brian Eno does the score, which is pretty fantastic as well. So there you go. That's my number eight. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, I think you're intrigued by the space race in and of itself. Yes. I think this one's worthwhile. There's quite a few that are worthwhile and there's, there's been, you know, uh, numerous movies on the space race itself. Mm, mm. Like one Antibus. that doesn't qualify. What's that? Antibus. Yeah. Antibus. I was about to say that uh, from the earth to the moon. Yeah. The right. Tom Hanks Spielberg is it's pretty great. fantastic. Yeah. The Band of Brothers basically for space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot of exploration just how we went from point A to point B. Fascinating to say the very least. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, all right. So what's your number seven, man? Uh, my number seven is Men in Black three. Ooh. Uh, go ahead. Knock yourself out. They have the, the prison on the moon itself. That's where, that's right, where Jermaine, Jermaine Clement is, yeah. is locked up. Uh, so that's where the moon ties in. And I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. I know people shit on it. I like it. Yeah. So do I. I, it's better than the second one, hands down to me. Agreed. Um, and it's a nice, like, to bring in Josh Brolin as a younger Tommy Lee Jones. Initially, when I heard about that casting, I was like, he looks nothing like Tommy Lee Jones. And then you kind of see it. He just does that stone face of Tommy Lee. And I'm like, I'm buying this. Yeah. I'm buying this. And they take it back to the sixties and you have the space race and all that jazz, yeah. uh, on top of all of it. I think it's a really fun, uh, movie. That's why I was holding out hope for Men in Black International. Mm. So like they yeah. went back to the well and they managed to come out with another movie that I liked. And I still think that they could do another Men in Black with that same cast. Yeah. That would come out good because I think the chemistry between, uh, Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth is really good. Yeah. Just the movie is atrocious. Uh, but Men in Black 3, yeah, I, I just think it's a nice update over what we'd previously seen. Mm -hmm. And I assumed Jermaine Clement was going to be the main villain. He is not. Right, 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 right. Uh, but man, when he takes those little glasses things off and you see, oh, yeah. oh, it's a, that's a, the weird, the creepy factor that Men in Black can bring. Uh, because the, most of it is the design is kind of kid friendly and yeah. whatnot. 
And then you see something like that and you're like, that's creepy as shit. <laughs> it just kind of makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up a little bit and you're like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the dark, you know, the dark side of the moon, which we can't see mm-hmm. that we have an intergalactic prison up there because no person will ever be able to go there on their own right now. And even if we could go to the moon, that would be restricted space. Yeah. Uh, so you couldn't get to that, you know, make up some sort of, uh, because it's constantly bombarded by the sun, the radiation levels are too high. So you can't go to that side of the moon type of, you make up some nonsense. Yeah. Uh, but to put a prison on the other side of the moon, I thought it's a fun idea. Why yeah. not? Yeah. If we have aliens down here on earth, well, we'd have to put the bad ones somewhere. It doesn't make yeah. sense to house them here. Right. So Good. give them their own Alcatraz. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, it's a good film. I liked it as well. I mean, going back in time and the Will Smith with his dad stuff, mm-hmm. having that kind of extra. Plus, Michael Stuhlbarg, I thought was really great in the movie as well as that weird kind of alien that moves quickly and moves around. Uh, and they have a tough time kind of catching him and his connection to and everything. Speaking of the Mets, they bring oh, the Mets in with him. That's right. That's right. The, um, uh, what was the other one? Oh yeah. And the uh, Andy Warhol stuff. Was really oh yeah, with uh, Bill Hader, is with it? Bill Hader, yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah, that so he's well. an agent. He's an agent. trying to get it. He's pissed off that he has to f- hang out with these Bohemians and whatnot. Yeah, I like that too. His early <laughs> flashes of like, man, I really like Bill Hader. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I wasn't watching SNL, I still don't really watch SNL. Mm, okay. uh, but with the advent of YouTube, you can see the clips and whatnot. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. just try to watch SNL the next day. Just yeah, I just if clips or i try and search out see if my buddy had any uh this week that were any good which one's your buddy on the show now uh well i know three people on the show but um well it's melissa and then punky and but Mm -hmm. uh um aristotle oh one of the new cast members yeah Uh, yeah yeah uh i didn't even know about his first character that popped off until i saw someone make reference to it yeah uh in an uh, basketball discussion. And then it segued off into, they had a, you know, sub discussion about how much they loved that sketch. And I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? So then I went and looked it up and I'm like, Aristotle with a breakout character, which is it the one where he's like doing the singing? Yeah. The save yeah. for me. Yeah. yeah. Save for me one thing. Yeah. But and then I, I saw his robot character on that, weekend update. That sketch I've watched like 500 times. Oh, so good. I, I, and I went back and watched, cause apparently on YouTube, he's got a version of it that he did, like when he was doing his stand up or whatever. And it is funny, but he honed it for this. I mean, that shit was, I wish they'd bring that character back more often because I think that shit is funny as hell. Baby, I don't live yeah. in Long Island, baby. I mean, there's the whole little like, kind of, um, his speech pattern as he's doing the robot. Yeah, his voice thing. Genius, dude. It's Fuck. fantastic. Yeah. I didn't know you knew him. That's great, dude. Yeah, yeah. I went back and like did a deep dive on his shit for a little bit on YouTube and watched some of his comedy. So very funny stuff. Very funny stuff. Um, all right. So what's your six then, man? Uh, my six is this might be a punt. First man. Oh, that is a punt. <sighs> it's fine. You can shake your head all you want. Sometimes I wonder about you. All right. So then my number seven is the punt from earlier, Superman two. So <clears throat> great stuff. Damn good sequel. I don't care what anybody says. Obviously the stuff that happens on the moon there is in, in, in the movie and what he experiences there on the moon. But like overall, I know uh, either cut, either the original cut or the Donner cut. 
I got no problem with either cut. I enjoyed both of them because I enjoyed the movie when I first watched it uh, before the, uh, there was another cut. And then I watched the Donner cut and enjoyed it even more. So mm-hmm. both of them are fine. Uh, and I enjoy uh, going back and revisiting the last gasps of a good Christopher Reeve movie as Superman. Because think about that. We didn't get him as Superman again in a good movie ever. After one and two, no. like three was terrible. Three was not that good. Really, it does not hold up now. Three's right? terrible. Four and is four is horrific. Right? Just abysmal. And sadly, he got into that uh, horse riding accident before he could be yeah. Superman again. Maybe later in life. I mean, dude, if there was a possibility to have Michael Keaton, Christopher Reeve do Dark Knight Returns, holy fuck, man, that would have been incredible. So, live action, I mean. So, um, but yeah. What about you? What do you say about Superman 2, man? You had it on your list earlier than I did. I did. I I may enjoy it more than Superman 1. Oh, my God. Wow. All right. I may. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen. Like, I need to watch them back to back. You're not genuinely. a fan of Superman 1. So. What's that? You're not a fan of Superman 1. So. I'm not. And I'm also not a fan of the character. Yeah, right. That too. Yes. It, so that does make a difference and it colors my perception of the movies. And although I think Henry Cavill is fantastic and I, I think Man of Steel is the direction that I would enjoy more Supermans to go. Right. But I also know that him snapping Zod's neck is anathema to the comic book fans interpretation of who Superman is. But I guess, yeah, I guess. But it, yeah, as we discussed before, it's like, yeah, given the choice. Yeah. This is the altruistic choice. He kills Zod in this movie. I hate to break True. people. I hate to break it to people who don't know, but he didn't fall down into a bunch of fucking uh, bed cushions. All right. He died. Superman got out of the way, took his power away from him and let him fall through the thing and die. Okay. He crushed his hand first, then let him die. Just because yeah, you just, don't see the body doesn't mean he ain't fucking dead. He's fucking dead. Yeah. He just he snapped his neck. Yeah. In Man of Steel, so it's plain as day and there's no right. denying exactly what he did. Yeah. Uh I will say if you go watch the moon scene, which I did for this, yeah. just because I, I hadn't seen it in a while and I knew it was it's like, oh, it's got a moon scene in it, and I went and watched specifically that moon scene. The guy that's in the lander does yeah. some of the worst acting you oh. will ever see in a big budget movie. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> uh and I don't know that I saw that guy ever again. And, uh, you know, look, you were in Superman 2. Who the fuck am I? Yeah. Congratulations. You, you made it into Superman 2. But it's, it's bad. He only has like a couple small lines, but the reads are just so stiff. That early 1980s acting, man. You gotta love it. I guess it's just like the, the Schumacher, we're making a comic book movie. Who gives a fuck (laughs) (laughs) type of, uh, you know, ethos. Uh, say the lines. Yeah, exactly. This is ridiculous. This is a paycheck for all of us. Let's just enjoy that fact. What's your problem? Yeah. Why are you trying to take this here? Motivation. <laughs> um, but, yeah. uh, yeah, the landing on, and, uh, I like the idea that when she tears the patch off, yeah, and, he, and instantly, like, just the, you're going after, here's to have to go, you know, against next, and they're from a place called Houston. We will go to Houston. We, sh- we shall go there and rule. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I like the triumvirate of evil. Yeah. The idea that Superman has to beat three of his own kind. Um, that's a, that's a good foil. Oh yeah. 
I mean, because they kind of took that for obviously for Man of Steel, because that's because mm-hmm. I mean the same character, the female character is essentially the same character in Superman too, who is the right hand woman of um of Zod, of, uh, yeah, Michael Shannon Zod in that movie. So yeah. can't remember the other dude's name. Yeah, they, so they they kind of combined both plots into one movie mm-hmm. with Man of Steel. But yeah, this is some good. I mean, Moon stuff that you see here in the movie and. And what have you, but like having, I mean, that's the thing, having these kind of defenseless astronauts be absolutely destroyed by these three and then have them just the way they confront all of them. Uh, cause they have no issue walking on the moon or moving around the moon and, you know, yeah. human beings were like, Hey, hey, although they're flying super slow. Like when she goes <laughs> to true. cut him off, yeah. she's like barely, he's, he's moving at two miles an hour. She's moving at two and a half. Right. And it's just like, right. Hey, she does get in front of him, but. <laughs> Not all that menacing. I well, do like the for their prey. That's why the third guy who uh, the tall guy. Yeah, the bearded dude. Yeah. How often do you think him and uh, Jaws from Bond went up for the same part? <laughs> Had to have. They're like roughly the same dude. It's a good point. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Well, the movie that he's in is not on my list. What is? What? Oh yeah, diamonds are for yeah yeah yeah. Ah, oh. Nope. There's another one that. Oh are, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. No, no, I didn't. Yeah. No, no fucking chance. There was no chance I was making. No, I can't stand that one. I'm curious to see who that actor is. Cause <sighs> he was in a couple other things. He had a run like in the early eighties. Did, huh? Well, I just did not, not run, run, but like popped yes. up on TV shows, was in a couple more movies. Yeah. Jack O'Hara. Oh, he's the guy in, uh, um, Dragnet. Okay. He's Emil Muzz. Sit on it, spin, copper. He's the guy that's, yeah, he's the guy that's yelling. I love him in Dragnet. He's hilarious in Dragnet. Um, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, not much else after that. That was, yeah, a small part in the Like, I would guess what, maybe a Knight Rider or a Hunter appearance? Certainly Knight Rider, Hunter, a murder she wrote. Okay. Harry Mason. He was working. He was in the Flintstones movie in 94. Um, he was in, yeah, and he uh, just did something called on the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. So probably just a guest on the show there. So, but he's got some films coming out here um, <laughs> that are in pre-production. So he's still working, dude. Good for him. He's got a very specific look. He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can once you have a niche, you can you can continue to work. He was Irish Jack Halloran. He was a rated heavyweight boxing contender in the middle 1960s and early 1970s. So there you go. Six foot six. Dad, yeah, I was going to say, dude, he's huge. Oof. For an Irish guy, too. That's massive. All right. <laughs> like you said that. I didn't well, I just don't know of any other Irish guys that are six foot six. It's not like they're Icelandic. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, those guys, they just seem to churn out seven footers that are 500 pounds pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. He was going to fight Ali, but he got knocked out in an upset fight with a guy named Jimmy Somerville. So, and he lost to, he fought Foreman and Ken Norton. Damn. Oh, I didn't know that. I'll be damned. He was, yeah. So he lost to Foreman and Ken Norton? Yeah. He lost to Foreman and Norton for sure. Can you imagine how bad you'd get your ass kicked by either three of those gentlemen? Dude. <laughs> oh my God. Foreman in his prime before Ali fucked with his confidence. Good. Yeah. Thanks. No thanks, man. Yeah, Ken Norton or any of them, anybody that fights at that level. That's true. Norton, a former Marine. So yeah. no joke there, dude. Just nails. 
just get crushed. I mean, taking one punch to the face and you'd be, I can't imagine how hard my bell would be rung. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. My body would have, my soul would have left my body. Tyson scares the shit out of me because of the ferocity, but Foreman would literally pull like a Tilda Swinton in Doctor Strange. She would knock your, he would knock your fucking soul out of your body, man. Just, just one, like watching the Ken Norton fight, which occasionally I watch because it's incredible to see how he, but he turned Norton into a child, like into a child, dude. No, no, I'm sorry. Joe Frazier. He told Joe, mm. he turned Joe Frazier into a child. Just Adam, he knocked him so hard. The homie skipped before he fell down. I mean, he <laughs> skipped. I'd never seen that before. Insane. So, you know, and then Ali got the best of him. So there you go. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Drew giving you some credit says your verbal jabs <laughs> would cut deep. So you might stay. Yeah. Away. You know what that's going to lead to is a harder punch to the face. They're not going to enjoy, uh, <laughs> me being a smart ass. Oh, who's this motherfucker here? Exactly. <laughs> and I would go down. Oh, you think you're funny? Bam. Oh, oh all right. Like it's just a, you know, oh, yeah, a punch to the gut. Yeah. Just knock all the wind I've ever had out of me. Just go down crumpled. Well, it's like, um, it's like when you play the, what did I say? Was it Scalabrini did that video? You play the worst basketball player at the end of the bench in the NBA. They oh yeah. Whoop your ass in the game of basketball. When Scalabrini called out the random people that yeah. uh, thought they could kick his ass and he had been retired for five, six years and he crushed them all. Like one dude was a rec league dude, one guy played division one, another oh. one played professional ball in Europe, and he crushed all three. <laughs> Cause he is, I mean, look, he's a professional. Yes. Just doesn't matter that he couldn't get run against the best of the best. He's still, yeah. yeah. At one point, he was one of the 450 best players in the entire world. Yeah. So even a heavyweight boxer with a losing record could knock you out. Oh <laughs> yeah. Basically it. So. Yeah. Anybody who's had enough training could yeah. knock me out. I couldn't. I've, I've only boxed a couple times, man. It is, it is tiring. Yeah. And, awesome. uh, just get crushed. Um, all right. So there, Superman 2 is number seven. So then my number six is the 1982 movie, The Right Stuff. They don't go to the moon in that. Don't they go to the moon in that? They're going uh, to the moon in that, aren't they? they? It's all about the Mercury program, which is all the, the orbital stuff before they, it's not the Apollo program, which goes oh, to the moon. Second. Hold it's on. like, uh, the Mercury and Gemini stuff. Hold on. Hold on a second, man. Look it up, dude. Look it up. Look it up. Look at here. It's Mercury and Gemini, and it is not Apollo. What? So it's about the the infancy of the program. This is one of the first ones that went on my list. I was like, this is a no-brainer. I I thought about it, too, and then I thought about it more. It's like, they never go to the moon. They just do all the orbital stuff of, like, we got to be able to dock in space and we got to do a spacewalk and we've got to do uh this, the baby steps right. before we can do the big journey. Damn. I thought for sure they went to the moon uh-uh. in this one. I had that initial thought too. And then I was like, I, I thought about it a little bit longer and I was like, I don't remember them ever going to the moon. It was all, all right. about what, the what previous bottom five again. Cause I guess I might as well put one of those on here. Uh, let's see. Why? You know, I'll put Men in Black 3. I'll put Men in Black 3 on here. Okay. That's, uh, I can put that above Transformers. I like Men in Black 3. It's a better film than Transformers. All right. There we go. Well, there's our uh, bottom five, Matt. There it what, is. What do we do next? 
Well, we take a quick break. Yeah. Hear this word from our sponsor, and we'll see you guys in just a second. All right, there we go. There was our break. Thank you to our sponsor. We are jumping into our top fives. My number five yeah. is more than likely your number one, Ooh. which is 2001. It is a punt. It is a punt. I'm not going to um, reveal where it is. Probably your number you know one. So well. Yeah, am I right? I guess only time will tell. Yeah, time will tell. So but the fact that you're not making eye contact with the camera right now tells me that perhaps I might be onto something right now. Where's the sound effect for that? Bam, bam, down. Oh, that's more Spy the Batman, you know? We're going into like a good action at that point. <laughs> Give me the prices right. No. Break beat? There you go. Sure. Are they just uh, all built in or are those little those sounds? come with the thing and then I'm going to – I apparently you can add cues, so I will mess around with that. <laughs> Morning Zoo, shut up. Well, have you had like the nation, hey, send me ideas for drops and they can send in the oh, clip them out good. and then you just easily get the – what do you need, MP3? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I think there's a website for this uh, mixer that has, like, pre-recorded sounds. Mm-hmm. But I want to add stuff, you know, mess around with stuff. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. How many presets do you have? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's Batman. Uh, 32. I think there's 32 presets. Or maybe there's 64. I don't remember. This is the thing. I just got it the other day. But it's thick as fuck. So I got to, like, go through this whole thing and play around with it and fix it. Plus, you have to go through the app to add... The um, sound effects, so you got to register and then go through the app. Ah, oh, so, okay, yeah, because it's not it's not necessarily <laughs> built for bless you, built for um, Mac. So you have to kind of jump through some hoops. Mac doesn't have one. I mean, I, I mean, I know the Roadcaster was a possibility as well, but I just I kind of liked the look of this one a little bit better. The Roadcaster looked like something out of Romper Room, so I wasn't the biggest fan. Or Fisher Price Toys. So this one looks a little more professional, so I chose this one instead. But we shall see if it works for me. I have 45 days. So anyway, uh, that was your five. Uh, yes. So then my five is Apollo 11. The, uh, oh, the doc. Yeah. The documentary. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. This one by Todd, Todd Douglas Miller. I got to interview him before at uh, Kaleido for deep cut and we got to sit down and have a conversation about this. Just fascinating how many hours of footage him and his team went through in compiling what they compiled to put this documentary together. Uh, and it's not narrated at all, um, which I think seems to be happening more and more in documentaries over the last few years. No narration and more. And we had that height with, uh, with Morgan Freeman, obviously with March of the Penguins, but now it seems like less and less documentaries have narration and they're just showing you what's happening, what's going mm-hmm. on, maybe getting an occasional interview. But this one has, I don't think it has any interviews. And you're just literally watching this thing as yeah. it goes along through clips of the people in the actual uh, space station or in NASA or through the whole process in the actual um, ro- rocket ship and what have you. So just phenomenal stuff. Um, and it goes all the way from where they get there to coming back. So it's a hell of a journey and and, and you experience it like they would have possibly experienced it. And uh, the visuals here are extremely gorgeous and i got a chance to see it in imax oh my mm-hmm. god it's incredible in imax so 
Um, it, some of the best stuff I've ever seen about the movie. Uh, yeah, going into it, I, I knew I'd like it, but I was, you know, I don't say skeptical, but hesitant to about, about how much I would enjoy it. Cause like, yeah. I, I know this story. Yeah. Right. And I've seen this story and how much, how illuminating is it going to be to see right. it just with the footage? And then you watch it and you're like, that was fantastic. Yeah. Was utterly fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that just clip after clip after clip and you feel like you're experiencing it as it's in real time, as it's happening type yeah. of situation. It almost, you know, akin to if you were alive, you know, during the late sixties, yeah. but going through the journey itself, uh, it's, it is perfect. If you have yeah. any interest in the space race itself, it's one of, if not the best documentary that I recall having seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I put one other on my list. Uh, but this one was like, okay, well, if I'm going to have two. Yeah. Um, I chose not to because I was like, oh, there's enough movies with the moon in it that, sure. uh, try and spread the love around, but I'm glad it made it on. It's great. If those listening or watching have never seen it, it yeah. is totally worth it. Plus, I think it's only, it's not that long. No, no. It's like an hour and 20. Yeah. I was about to say it's like 80 minutes, 90 minutes max. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a quick watch if you're into it. Yeah. It is, but it's, you know, on the outside, I, I didn't think it was going to be all that riveting and yet just fascinating stuff. Yeah. It tells you the power of editing, man. When you have yeah. the right editors and you know, when we, were, when we were having the conversation, you talked about how much time these editors spent compiling all this footage and making sure it had a cohesive thing, deciding what to keep, what not to keep, which was really the big struggle in telling the overall narrative and arc of the story and what have you. So just, I, I'm always marvel at um, document. Sorry. Because of their ability to kind of go like, okay, what do I want the what do I want the film to say? How do I get the right people involved in this? And then you're in there like all the time in the editing booth. Trying yeah. to make sure it's all squared away the way you want to see it. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. Yeah, very rarely is it uh what was it, Icarus, where they started out as a document on one yes. thing and then suddenly the world this massive story just falls into your lap. Yeah. Usually it's, I have to delve into mountains of footage. Yeah. Yeah. And if you pull something out of that, that is captivating, it's really impressive. Yeah. Agreed. Um, okay. So what's your, what's your number four, man? Uh, my number four is the pun from earlier. Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. Wow. Four. All right. Bring it. It's a lot of fun. It is. I don't disagree with you. I don't. They, with you. Usually the, you know, the death knell for a lot of franchises when you start adding in a bunch of characters mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he manages to add in an iconic character in Mini Me. Yes. He's flat out iconic. Yeah. Uh, you know, Vern Troyer is a name that we all know off of one movie. Yeah. It's really impressive. Did he work after that? Yeah, but I don't know that anybody saw any of it. Right. 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 Um, whereas I still know his name and will forever know his name because of this one movie yeah. and the ridiculous, I mean, they're making fun of Moonraker, the one, the movie we alluded to earlier yeah. with the moon base and all that jazz, but just the up the stakes on lampooning the spy film mm -hmm. to take it to the moon. I loved everything about that. <laughs> uh, and the stupid pseudo sci-fi look of it all where everybody's in shiny silver yeah. doesn't make any sense. And yet they're all, you know, to, to take the sixties aesthetic of what the future is going to look like. Right. And still maintain that in a movie that was made in, uh, what, the early 2000s? Yeah. yeah. Uh, just fantastic. Um, <laughs> you know, that type of Mike Myers, I hope, comes back. 
in full force. I don't think it's ever coming back. Yeah, I think those days are are gone. Yeah, it's like Although, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I do like the small parts like uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, sure. I thought he was a lot of fun. Yeah, even in uh, Glorious Bastards, Glorious, like yeah. Churchill. Yeah, he's great stuff. When he pops up in anything, it's always fun he, to see him. Is he Churchill in that? Yeah, isn't he? I Churchill? He was just some random British officer. Oh, I'm pretty sure he's Churchill. I'm okay. pretty sure he's Churchill. Um, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think we're ever seeing it. And I know you're gonna th- uh, not like what I'm gonna say here, but we tried to watch. That MacGruber series, woof. Um, uh, I've only seen the first episode. I liked it. Bro, the first episode. He's too long in the tooth, dude. Oh, that there, there is some truth to that. Yeah, it was rough. To, oh no, you're right. He's playing a guy named General Ed Finnich, so he's not playing Churchill. I thought it was okay. Churchill. Yeah, Rod Taylor was is Churchill. Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. Call me from Planet of the um, uh, no, from uh, Time Machine. Yeah, because I remember him in a uh, an officer's uniform, and I was like, I'm, yeah. Churchill was long out of the military ranks by the time World War II was around. Right, right. right. World War One for sure, I would have bought that. But uh, anyway, neither here nor there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I do. I think those days are gone for my, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, watching that Wayne's World thing for Uber Eats at, uh, during the Super Bowl, I was like, guys, please. You're too fucking old to be doing this. The wrinkles are all over your faces. Stop it. Well, these characters very specifically. Yeah, right. Exactly. exactly. Well, they're supposed to be, you know, young 20 idiots who are yeah. still trying to figure their lives out and to see 60 year old men doing it. I don't know. It just was so disjointed of, I'm assuming they just came to you with a boatload of money. And right. Like, of course. All right. Yeah. It's the only reason to do it. And they were like, you can have creative control. Yeah. Um, but it, it was interesting to see. What's that? Especially with Dana, who's not a fan. It was never a fan of doing. Apparently, him and Mike had issues on set. Yeah, I was about to say that. Oh yeah, yeah. That they had a falling out. It uh from that, and then uh I know Dana was upset with Doctor Evil because he was like Myers just stole my Lauren Michaels impression and the mannerisms that I did for him. Wow, turned it into a character. Yeah. Wow. So they've not been on the best of terms. And that's through interviews with Dana Carvey. That's mm-hmm. the only reason I know that. It, uh, that's one of the things like on uh, Howard Stern that I saw a clip of him talking about. And I think on, I want to say maybe Seth Myers. Yeah. One of the American talks. I know it wasn't Fallon, but I think it was Seth Myers. Anyway. Well, I mean, one of the hardest truths in life is, is when you see someone who takes something you created or you did. And just has that natural ability to translate it to more people than you did. And that's frustrating. That's aggravating. And I'm sure for, for Dana, it was really, cause he never had a fucking lead career. He had one movie that people talk about, um, that he did when he first started out. And then after that, it's never really happened. And the Dana Carvey show was canceled early. And so, I mean, he's successful doing his stand up and whatever, but he never achieved the Michael Myers status. No. Money, cause those movies. Made money. I mean, like fucking Shag Me was only made for like thirty-one million dollars. Made three hundred three hundred and fifteen million dollars, dude. That's yeah. That's a hell of a return on your investment. So, well, I just launched them into yeah the stratosphere mm-hmm. of you know because Carvey got his shot. You know, Master of Disguise. Yeah, and, Master of Disguise. Yeah. Uh, there was another one that I actually thought was pretty good, where he was like a con man. Uh, yeah, was um, that he was the- in Chicago or something? 
Was that the first one that he did? It was in Chicago. He lived in Venice Beach, did he not? Yeah, who is that the one with uh, the woman from Rain Man, Ballerina Galino? Or is, is that, that the one from uh, Hot Shots? Yes. If it is, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Master of Disguises with... um, That's ridiculous disguises. It's so stupid. Yeah, what's the name of her? I don't know. I just remember him as the turtle guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I remember of it. Whereas the other one I thought was... You right. know, look, it's not the greatest comedy ever, but it's interesting. Is it Opportunity Knocks? Yes. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, to me, that was basically a script that, uh, Belushi passed on and it went to Carvey. Or vice versa, had Carvey passed on it, Belushi would have yeah. shot it. So it isn't Vel, oh, it's, oh, it's a woman named Julia Campbell who looks like her. Wow. Okay. In Opportunity Knocks? Yeah. I'm looking oh, at I the cast. I thought it was the woman from Hot Shots. I thought she was in it too. But no, I don't see, I don't, well, Jed Mills. No, I don't see her. So maybe she, was she in the, cause I know what's her face was in the, um, oh no, is it Clean Slate? Is that the one where he's like, oh, Clean Slate might yes. be it. Yeah. A private eye who suffers total yeah. amnesia every 24 yep. hours. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and he lives in, he lives in, uh, Venice Beach or yep. down by the beach somewhere. That's the one with Golino. That's the one with her. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I'm conflating yeah. the two. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So he's a con man in Opportunity Knox. Right. Yeah. Right. It's been a while since I've seen any of those. Yeah. Master in Disguise. Was it Master of Disguise? Was that? Master, I think that's what it was called. It's, it's atrocious. <laughs> yeah. If you've never seen it, don't. <laughs> it's not, it's not good. Ah, oh, wrote the Wellville. I forgot he was in that. Yeah, it's a weird movie. Wow, he was in a lot of things before he was in an uh, uh, in SNL. Interesting. A TV series called One of the Boys. Yeah, this Blue is Thunder. Final Tap. Blue Thunder. I don't even know what that is. That's a, the Roy Scheider uh, movie. They turned into a TV series about the helicopter. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. oh, I do remember him in Tough Guys. I like Tough Guys. The Burt Lancaster, Kirk Douglas thing. Okay, I'm out of jail. After they've been in jail for like 40 years since the 1950s or 30 years since the 1950s. And so they come God. out, they're still dressing like that. He was in moving. I just opened that up and I just saw the poster and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot about that Richard Pryor movie. Oh, that movie was horrific. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> I did like Trapped in Paradise for what it is. It's not it's a fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's fine. Lovitz can ruin most movies just for the way. Oh my God. I was watching. What the fuck was I watching the other day? Oh yeah, I was watching that comedy series on CNN that they did. It's on um, HBO Max, I think. And I was watching some of the episodes, and I was watching the one specifically about comedians who've died. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, Michael Myers was talking about being at Phil Hartman's funeral with Lovitz, and Lovitz says something uh, that God, I wish I could remember it, dude. But if whatever he said to Myers just cracked me up, like the fact that he would say that at the funeral. Oh no, he said, yeah, cause he was saying, he said to John Lovitz, can you believe that Phil Hartman's wife like killed him? And Lovett said something like, oh, you're being a bit dramatic or you're being a little dramatic. <laughs> what are you going to? You're being a bit, you're making a bigger deal out of it than it actually was. And I just lost it. Just what a thing for comedians to say at that, you know, yeah, you deal saying? with it with it's humor. humor. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's the only way to deal with it. Uh, 
that makes sense to me. I that's that's where my mind would be. Be like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm looking for the, yeah, the something joke. that's gonna make people, you know, my friends laugh. That's oh, love it, man. <laughs> anyway, all right, where were we, dude? We're we're uh, we're lost here. It's a minute, an hour and twenty into the show. Where are we? Number what number are we at? Uh, that was my four, which was again Austin Powers. That's right. All right, so the my four is Apollo thirteen. That's a punt. All right, fine. I knew it would be. What's yeah. your three? Uh, my three is room 237. The, the documentary? One I, the one I jokingly said to you. Yeah, they deal with the conspiracy of Dude, Kubrick's. That is so tangentially connected, but you know what? It's your list. They I'll use footage down. from what is going to be I your number one. Moon. They use footage from what is going to be your number one movie. It's about faking the moon landing. It's not even about. Oh, all right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, it's about, uh, the first guy that brings it up rightly says, do I believe the U.S. government went to the moon? Yes. <laughs> but I, I believe that Kubrick fictionalized the footage that we showed to the public. Yeah. And we still went to the moon. And uh, I still think it's fascinating. It's a great documentary. It is a great documentary. Not going to lie. No. Yeah. Not going to lie. Uh, yeah. In the slightest. Yeah. It's utterly fascinating. Um, I heard somebody uh, a friend of mine was like, oh, that documentary sucks. Like they're just tri- propping up. And I was like, what are you, what are you fucking talking about? Yeah. It's like, oh, it's a bunch of bullshit theories. And I'm like, if you listen to the theories and the amount of time that these people put into it, they're not like crackpot. They actually sat down and went yeah. frame by frame yeah. through certain sections to find out, do I find some of them hold zero water? Yes. Yeah. There are a few people that I think are utterly stretching. Yeah. Uh, there are others who be like, okay, I, I can see the argument that you're making here. I find it interesting. I don't know if I agree, but right. it's compelling to say the very least, like the one about the uh, Native Americans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the That's... calumet to the peace pipe and and whatnot. And the reason that the full label is showing in this one is because they have a treaty between these two characters that they mm-hmm. honor and does never breaks. And the reason you see all the uh, same label is skewed in this other one is because these two don't, and they keep breaking it between them. You're like, yeah, I actually, yes, that works for yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> and then they just keep bringing it over. There's all kinds of different parallels, the World War II stuff, but the fake moon landing is the biggest conspiracy theory of all conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they get into it, and they found someone that tries to put forth an argument as to a just uh, – it's an excuse to bring up room to 237 ultimately. And uh since we're talking about the moon, that does have – outside of maybe the JFK assassination – the biggest conspiracy theory in the world. You're not wrong. You're all yeah. correct. Yeah. One of those two, at least that I can think of. Right. Uh, why not? It's about the moon. Room 237 talks about. Yeah. That woman I dated, she said we never landed on the moon because people are on the moon. There's no way we well, landed on the moon. If people are already on the moon, then how do they get to the moon? He does, she doesn't think they're human beings. They're space creatures. Okay. Yeah. 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 Just letting you know. Letting you know the madness of it all. Um, all right. That's a great choice, dude. I love that you, documentary. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, what? I had a question. You think, do you think she's vaccinated? <laughs> <laughs> all this time later, you think she's at the max? Uh, you think she's currently drinking her own urine? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. No, man. I don't know. I mean, because, Right. Cause I mean, I read, I read that article in the LA Times about how all these like super insane, uh, hippie 
influencers have like started embracing the QAnon shit. So <laughs> you're just like, what? How does this make any sense? And then when they explain it, you're like, oh yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess, but yeah, okay. You just so need to, you're yeah. Base. You're not off base, man. You're to find off. one mental thread of commonality and yeah. you can easily start leaning towards that directionality. Yeah, I just love the way they just create this monolith of the government. <laughs> it's just a, you know, it's a group think place. So not, such nonsense. Yeah. Uh, um, all right. Anyway, that's, that's your number three. Yeah. That's my three. So my three is moon. That's my two. Oh, okay. All right. Talk about it. It's got moon in the title. So I was already <laughs> going to bump it up a little bit more. It's a exceedingly unique idea. Sure. Uh, an incredible performance from Rockwell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if no you've doubt. never seen Moon, we've talked about it before. Yeah, millions of times. But I think we've danced around any kind of specifics in the past. Okay. I believe so, because I just, I don't know how many people have ever seen it. Although, if you're listening to this show, I imagine you have. Yeah, I mean, you've mentioned it like, it's the uh, most mentioned movie that you've ever mentioned. Let's oh, yeah, hands down. I managed to squeeze it onto any and every list that we ever do. I mean, somehow. Yep. You, you, I get it on there. I'm good. Crafty motherfucker. That's exactly. Right. I don't know if people heard it on last week's, but Moon is an MCU villain yes. in waiting. Moon I mean, think about if the moon attacked Earth, how good that storyline would be. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, that's a good one, man. I, you know, and it's a shame because Duncan Jones hasn't really gone on to do much else. I mean, that and Source Code are two fucking good movies, man. And he may have only had two good movies in him, but they are movies that once you see them, they stick with you, you know? So. Oh, yeah. And Rockwell, arguably his greatest performance as an actor. For Jones, I can't even imagine what it's like to get out from underneath the shadow of your dad when your dad is David Bowie. Yeah. Like, that has got to be next to impossible. For people to take you seriously... As an actual artist, as opposed to, uh, you're just some rich kid who, right. because your dad is artistic, you think you're artistic. And there's uh, numerous examples of those that I can't think of off the top of my head because I don't know who they are because they never reached any kind of relevance. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, and some of them very well could have had great artistic merit and been excellent at it. They just never got the shot because people dismissed them, assholes like me. Um, whereas he's, I mean, I hope he does because the nice thing about a director is you're never really out of it. Yeah. I think you can come back and you can have like projects that come up. Now, the Tarantino belief of if you're really at the top of your game, your prime is only so long. Yeah. I think Scorsese is flying in the face of that, but Spielberg may be backing up his claim. Mm, Okay. So Scorsese might be the exception to the rule that he's trying to buck. Right. With his next film being his last. I don't. I still don't see his next film being his last, but what do I know? No, no, I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't think so. I think maybe takes a bunch of time off and then comes back and does the the Sugar Ray. I'm retired, unretired, oh, sure. retired, under yeah. retired. You know what certain people may do in the schmo down one one day. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm gonna keep banging that drum because I, I know, know eventually it's gonna come back in rhythm, baby. Yeah, but certain things are happening recently that I'm like makes me even more uh, uh happy that I've made the decision. I mean, that whole Reddit 
I don't know if you saw that whole Reddit thread. I, I love that you're asking me if I saw yeah, the slowdown Reddit thread. Because I'm always surprised when Kristen reaches out to you and goes, "Hey," blah, blah, blah. so I never know when you're in the loop or not. Well, yeah. But when was the last time I did? I did uh, showed up for your last match, but before yeah. that, it was like, "Get him out." Yeah. Uh, he asked me once if I would call a match. I was like, "Sure," but yeah. that was it. It's not like we have ongoing discussions as to what's going on. I never know. On. Never know. You, you stand. It's true. Up. You all but, have this kind of universal vibe. You're off. But, but that being said, we'll talk about other things. <laughs> you know, if that's the case. I'm sure you motherfuckers will. Uh, anyway. All right. So what's, so that was, uh, three. So yeah, moon, great stuff. Uh, all right. So what's your two? That was my two. So what's your okay, two? Okay. Sorry. So my two is 2001. The space odyssey. No. Oh. Oh. Throw me off. It's called curveball, son. Uh, we've talked about this film, uh, many times before. <laughs> I squeeze it in where I can. Um, but what can you say? Kubrick at his height, speaking of Kubrick filming moon landings, but certainly about, you know, certainly around the moon, the moon plays a part in this. And yeah, yeah, there's a space station on the moon. They have to go yeah. there before they go out, you know, have their, uh, fight with Hal. Right. With Hal 9000. Um, um, and yeah, and we broke it down on the cinephiles with Mance over two episodes. Like each episode was almost two and a half hours long. So. If you want to get an in-depth discussion on that, you can do that there. But yeah, that's basically, I don't know what more I can add to it to 2001. Everybody knows 2001. Yeah. I just uh, wish I had the same, it, it had the same spellbinding effect on me that it does on you and yeah. a ton of other people. That's yeah. why movies are subjective, man. You know, yeah, I do. I go in for other Kubrick, other Kubricks. I will happily agree with you on. And that one, I'm like, it's good. I just don't think it's. The cat's meow that everybody else does. But are you a sci-fi guy? Would you say that you're a sci-fi guy? Yeah. Okay. All right. I just wanted to ask. Um, I, mean, I right. know what space elevators were so, so much so that when it pops up in a movie, here's a, a fictional, that's uh, something that we're projecting we're eventually going to have. And I'm like, oh, so that's a space. So uh, is that carbon nanofiber? How exactly did they, uh, make this? Uh, yes, yes, I go in for sci-fi. <laughs> okay. What's your one? Uh, my one is Apollo 13. Okay. Go ahead. Anything? Go ahead. Uh, I, <clears throat> whereas your number one, um, is an excellent movie. I felt more attached to the characters in Apollo 13. Oh yeah. And it was more relatable and to see the cataclysm that happens in space and then the scramble here on earth to try and remedy the problem as best we can to help facilitate them fixing the problem and yeah. then getting back to earth and the, million things that had to go right yeah in order for this to even be remotely a possibility uh it's just awe-inspiring mm -hmm. from all involved the the intelligence courage and fortitude of those individuals that were on the uh apollo 13 itself mm -hmm. and then juxtaposed with the individuals on the ground that are scrambling to try and diagnose yeah. a problem that they can't see yeah Best illustrated by the we have to fit, you know, a square peg into a round hole when they've got to come up with an air filter solve. Yeah. Uh I just think it's a, you know, beautifully shot, edited, acted from start to finish. And uh you know, I think that's a testament to the overall human ingenuity and the space program in and of itself. Mm. Mm. Good points. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, to me it's always the acting. Uh, and the situations they find themselves in and the back and forth and these relationships, right? I mean, the whole thing of Gary Sinise having to stay and Kevin Bacon getting to go and, um, then the kind of, um, chemistry that they have, they're forced to develop with him in order to make it happen. The kind of like 
locker room a little bit type of approach to him mm-hmm. um, that they have with uh, Tom Hanks and Bill Paxton kind of not making – not sure if this is the guy, thinking that them making this switch might have been bad karma for the mission. All of that is really interesting to explore. And then, of course, Ed Harris doing what Ed Harris does best is holding down the fort and handling business uh, there. Uh, you know, And he's great. I mean, he's fantastic, you know, for sure. So yeah, like tons him. of great performances, and Ron Howard did an amazing job directing. Yeah. yeah, and his daughter is pretty fucking good now too. I mean, she that is. last episode of, of Book of Boba Fett, she was incredible directing that. Yeah, so, I yeah, but we talked about it at the top. It's true. It's Best true. episode of the season. Yeah, a lot of people want her now to direct the Star Wars movie. I say she should direct any movie now. Because, I mean, the first one she directed in the first season was good. The second one was certainly better in the second season. This is like she's really in command as a director now of what she's doing and what she's creating. It's fantastic to watch. Well, the first one was, once again, the same problem I had with Mando overall. It was too episodic. Yeah. Right, right, right. Problem comes up in the first act. It's resolved by the third. So just, I don't know, didn't have the stakes, whereas last night's, was like, yeah, you can tell this is fleshed out. This is part of an overall world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's just a sliver of this individual's life for this time, but it's so much more complex than that. Yeah, true. Um, all right, then the mind number one is First Man. Um, I think, and I give it the nod, not because it's a better film than 2001. Obviously, I, I would never say that, but it's more about the moon than 2001. Mm-hmm is for me, obviously, because this is Neil Armstrong's approach to getting on the moon and landing on the moon and all the pressures that go with being a part of the space program, which some of these documentaries do talk about, when, they, especially nowadays, the ones that interview the wives that are still alive or the partners or the daughters and the sons of these uh, men who were trying to go to the moon or uh, go into space. Uh, and so having a film that kind of chronicles that in a, in a, um, in a, way, in a fiction way Fictional mm-hmm. way, even though it's a nonfiction story, I thought it worked really well here. And I know there's a lot of people who don't like this movie, but there's a lot of people who defend this movie. Uh, and so I'm obviously in that camp because I think the Damien Chazelle did an incredible job directing this movie. The cinematography is incredible. And when yeah. they finally land on the moon, I saw this in IMAX, man. It put yeah. the snap in me, but good. And, uh, I'll never forget that movie for its ability to, and I think Gosling does a really incredible job playing a character that is not easy to like. Not easy to connect to. Claire Foy as well does a great job with that character. And their relationship is a tough one to grasp and to accept as a, you know, loving, uh, supportive relationship. This is asking more of the viewer. And I appreciate that. It's a nice difference from what we've seen, like Kathleen Quinlan and her love of Tom Hanks in Apollo 13. This is a different approach, probably a more realistic approach to some of those relationships. I agree. Going on. Yeah. So. I like that about the movie, and I think it's his, one of his most mature performances ever as an actor. Yeah, it's, uh, my my only qualm with the film is mm. I feel so detached from yeah. the character. Yeah, some people do. I and, and to some degree, he is from the world around him. Yes, uh, but that the moon landing, the the cinematography, but also the score. Yeah just draws you right in simple strings but it just builds and builds and builds and uh you feel the power of that moment and like the the almost eye tap shot of when they're leaving the earth itself to show you how truly tiny they are in the context of the you know cosmos yeah and the scope of all this um and i saw something interesting the other day the uh the scenes where he has to tell his sons 
that I'm leaving and a base guy may never come back yeah. to Claire Foy tells him, you have to do this. You are not allowed to leave. Right. Those were rehearsals. Oh, wow. Exactly. That he, that, that was, wow. Them getting to know each other yeah. and, uh, Chazelle just told him, was like, we're going to shoot it so we can look at it later, knowing full well, I intend on using this for the film. Wow. And so all that interaction, whatnot, them bonding and the familial, uh, uh, tie that they have together are fucking rehearsals. Interesting. Yeah. Those are, you know, pretty impact. I think it carries a little bit more impact once you know that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, all right. Cool. Uh, but yeah, overall a great film. So there we go. That's my, uh, number one. So, all right. Well, there's our separate lists. We're going to put this thing together and, uh, give you our overall official top 10 list of the movies about the moon. I'll grab the bongos. Create some space on the desk. So Apollo 13, you had where? Uh, number four. Okay. So I think it goes. Apollo 13, First Man, 2001. Okay. And then Moon? Probably. Actually, Moon might end up... Why don't we do Apollo, First Man, Moon, 2001? Okay. All right, so that's one through four finished. Okay. Um, which, Let's see, Moon was your number three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Austin Powers, I have at four, but you have that at like eight, seven? Yeah. Yeah, but it's, yeah. I would assume Austin Powers the next. Okay. Well, Austin Powers is 10, but since it's that high at four, I think it takes precedence. And then we have what? Superman 2 and Men in Black 3 in common. Correct. I got Superman 2 at 10 and Men in Black 3 at seven. Okay. Superman 2 is 6 on my list, and Men in Black is 8 on my list. 7, 8 versus 6, 10. Ah, we can go 6, 10. That's fine. Okay. 2, Men in Black, 3. All right, so I have my number 3, room 237. <laughs> yeah, okay. Put it on. Um, what's your next highest? Uh, Number 5, Apollo 11, Apollo 11. documentary. All right, next highest? Oh, uh, number seven, for all mankind. The uh, all right, for all mankind, it is. Oh, nice. Okay, there we go. Let's do this. The top ten movies about the moon. Yeah. At number ten, for all mankind. At number nine, Apollo eleven. At number eight, Room two thirty seven. At number seven, Men in Black three. At number six, Superman two. At number five. Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. At number four. 2001, A Space Odyssey. I wonder if this works. Nope, that doesn't work. At number three, I think. Is yeah. Moon. At number two. First Man. And our number one movie about the moon is? Is Apollo 13. There you go. hey And, uh. Go see Moonfall next week or this week rather coming out or it'll be out already, I guess, by the time people's no, no, it'll be, no, no, it comes out the weekend yeah. after they hear this. Okay. So yeah, go see it this, that with this weekend. Um, have some fun with this madness. Yeah. 
Um, Unless they switch this one and IMDb lied to us again, but there's no, too no many trailers at this point. No, this one, this one's going to be there. Um, so there you go. All right. Well, thanks so much to everybody who listened to us. Hope we gave you uh, some ideas for movies you might want to watch uh, over the next week or so. Um, some moon stuff. Maybe you'll get inspired by the fact that a moonfall movie is coming out and want to explore some of these. So maybe we guided you in the right direction. Some of these uh, theatrical films, some of these documentaries as well. Um, all right, Matt, what do we have to say to end the show? Uh, please follow us on Twitter at top 10 show, all spelled out. Otherwise you can go to Instagram and YouTube forward slash the top 10 podcast with the number 10. So hit us up over there and you can follow me at Matt Nels, uh, check out, settle the score. If you want to hear another, uh, movie trivia show and, uh, dropping dimes, if you're into basketball, we might need to set up a geek buddies, uh, rematch dude with down the road here. Uh, it's, it still sticks in their craw that I beat him. It really well, you actually, uh, I might change the third because we've only had a couple three-man panels. Okay. And I think in the future, there might be a tweak on the third round. Right. That makes sense. Um, might Just be. a slight tweak for the three-person shows. Uh, But yeah, you know, I'm not against it. We'll set it up at some point. Uh, yeah. And, um, you can follow me at the Roka says on Twitter and on Instagram and on TikTok at the Roka says as well, posting some reviews and some interviews there. It's just snippets. Just, I'm not going to do dances or anything like that. Just snippets like that. And then uh, also on Twitch, the outlaw nation do a lot of watch alongs. Uh, we watched three of the playoff games over the weekend last weekend. And we'll be watching both AFC and NFC championship games on watch alongs there on Twitch, the outlaw nation. And then my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roka says. And then of course the top. Oh, sorry, the cinephiles and the geek buddies. All right, y'all take care of yourselves. Be well, and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the Top 10. Peace. Ooh.